If you go to a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not go to a pub at all. I've changed the Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to buy me a Murray, well, I'd say Peroni as well. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And we're back, four blades in the house, discussing another victory against West Brom last night. Fantastic win for United. And I'm so happy tonight to be joined by Phil. Good evening, everyone. Ian. Hello. I'm John, and we've got a very special guest tonight making his pod debut. And that's uh, welcome to Remy. Good evening, young man. Good evening. Good to have you here. So what better place to start then? Remy, with you first. What would you say was your thoughts on the first half of the game last night? Uh, I had my five-year-old jumping all over me uh, while I was trying to watch it. But um, mediocre. I mean, the, the thing I took, took out of the first half the most was probably how bad West Brom are. Uh, I mean, we were, we were bad. Uh, we didn't really, you know, it's quite clear from all the analysis we've heard. We weren't moving the ball anywhere near fast enough, were we? Too slow, pedestrian. Uh, but then we still looked better than West Brom, in my opinion. So... I think my takeaway was, if we don't finish above them, we're atrocious. I think, I think that's fair enough. Phil, first half, I, I, I have to say I agree with that. I didn't think we were that bad. I was waiting for us to go into that next year. Yeah, we, we were just a bit slow, weren't we? Um, like you said, we didn't play badly. We just, uh, and I don't think you could really single one player out to say that they did a lot wrong. It was just slow. The build-up was slow, the passing was slow, we got to the edge of their box and they'd, they'd almost always got nine players behind the ball because we allowed them to. And it, it it looked like that they would score before us because they were causing us problems on the break. Um, I mean, the, the shot that Robinson had that just went past the post was terrible defending by United as, as far up the pitch as what they were and Egan, Egan goes to try and challenge for a ball that he probably shouldn't have gone for and left them as exposed as what we did. I think, ultimately, we we maybe got away with going in 1-0 down, in fairness, because we didn't hurt them at all and they looked like they could cause us problems almost every time they went forward because the way that they were playing was breaking quickly and we just don't seem to be able to cope with that sometimes. I think it's interesting you you pick Keegan out there because some of that rash decision-making, despite him almost being, at times, in my opinion, invincible to any criticism from United fans, he's been a bit of a theme this season, like rushes of blood to the head, not just Egan, but he's been as guilty of it as anybody. But what what was interesting, I thought, was that players that obviously we'll get onto that won us the game were ones that, you know, Sharp in particular, we were saying on the WhatsApp, Ian, it's just not the game for him. He's completely isolated and he's doing, he's not, he's not influencing the game. And I mean, somebody, I was reading on Twitter, attribute the fact that he didn't connect with the header to leading to the goal, <laughs> to the goal that we conceded. And that's a bit extreme. But Ian, you were quite adamant. Wilder did. Wilder did, John. Mm. Well, like Ian, you were, you were pretty critical of him missing that chance, weren't you? 
Yeah, to me, I mean, like I say, in a, in a first half where we, we, we played, we retained possession, okay? We just very rarely put that final ball in around the box. There was nothing to ignite. They, they, they'd got the chance to get men behind the ball and we, we hadn't got that spark to get behind. But the one chance we got with a decent ball in the box, and for me, I'd expect my striker to be getting that header on target shortly before their goal it came across and as he as he as he went for it the ball cross came across I thought there's a chance of a goal here I, I was kind of jumping forward a bit because I just thought you've got to meet that header fully and you can put it anywhere to the keeper's left and Johnston to be fair he's a good keeper but he wouldn't have got near it and it just kind of drifted well, he didn't get a connection I think Phil you thought he jumped a bit early maybe but he just didn't get the right connection on it and it, it drifted wide and I thought you know in, in a first half where we'd done I think I you know, I want to say we did a lot, didn't do a lot wrong. We we, we retained the ball. We, there was things we didn't do right when we had the ball, um, and that was probably the different second half because she'd got the runners advancing. You saw Fleck pushing on that extra yard past past the front players. You, you'd, the first half for me was just uh, there was times when I was just watching and Lundstrom would get the ball and he'd turn back on himself and we were we were just going backwards and sideways so much and there was no one trying to just do that something a bit different so when we did get that chance it, it really frust- really frustrated me because for a player of Sharp's quality and, and finishing I thought it was a good chance and and then obviously Remy Baldock goes down injured and Max Lowe comes on who if we're being honest hasn't, fill, uh, hasn't filled any of his with particular confidence when he played that game against Burnley in the cup at the start of the season, I think he took somebody on and then that became folklore for about three weeks. He was the best player on earth and he was better than Ender Stevens. But obviously I think we've had that argument put to bed by performances since. But then at the same time, arguably as most influential attacking player, Bogle ends up going on his, his proper side second half. But when Baldock went down and they scored Remy, was you thought, here we are again. Same old story, played okay. Someone's injured. We've conceded a stupid goal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you heard Wilder say he was thinking about switching it up anyway and taking, uh, who was he going to take off? Well, he never said he was taking off. He was thinking about bringing Lowe on, wasn't he? Or somebody on the left-hand side. It'd been interesting who he was going to take off, whether it'd be Baldock or Bogle, because I wouldn't be surprised if he'd taken Bogle off. Um which, you know, would have affected affected us because Baldock isn't scoring that goal, is he? And the way Bogle uh, pushed us on in that second half, he just gets in those positions, doesn't he? Kieran Freeman-like. Absolutely. It, well, it's it clearly something in the coaching that they ask the fullbacks to do, but it's only a certain handful who are able to, uh, who are able to execute. Well, I think you're right, because, I mean, well, I think Bogle well, played probably just short of 100 games for Derby. I think he only scored three goals for them. He's never played 10 games for us and scored three. So it's clearly the way we want to play. Um, but obviously George might just not have that killer instinct that uh, Bogle Freeman, maybe in the middle, because Ender, Ender hasn't really got that either, has he? But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good feather to have in our cap, isn't it? Oh, just, yeah, absolutely. He's got a knack, hasn't he? And I, I, I get what you're saying about we've probably coached him slightly differently, but it might just be that he's got a freedom to be further, further forward. He just, it, I don't think he can teach it being in the right place at the right time because that's what he seems to have got, that knack to, like Freeman did. How many of Freeman's goals were inside the six-yard box that season where he scored 10? There were a lot. And, he's, and, he's, but, missed, he's missed a fair few uh, back post headers as well, hasn't he, old Bogle? Mm. You know, he, he gets in there. He has plenty of chances. And it, it's, it's obviously, well, I'm convinced he's in a, 
if we were to have a different system, you'd play him and Baldock in the same side because he's very, he's definitely his strengths are in the offensive side of the pitch. But obviously, it wasn't quite working on that side. And then no one wants to see Baldock going off injured again uh, because unfortunately, the left hand side, as we'll come on to talk about on Sunday, is a bit weakened anyway with Ampadu not being able to play. Um, but we then concede. Just an incredibly frustrating goal. And afterwards, obviously, Norwood got pulled off by Wilder at half-time, not in the best possible way either. And um, got, like, hounded on Twitter again by our, our fans who'd then forgiven him because he'd played well in the previous two games. And I think that physic, the, the challenge watching it back is pretty unforgivable. And Phil, me and you in particular have dug his heels in and said, you've got to have a bit more respect for a player who's done that much for us. But that was appalling. Shocking shocking challenge. He's got, there's no excusing it. I I think someone, it might have been Curtis Woodhouse tweeted last night. His teammates will have dug him out at half-time because he's let his teammates down there. He's basically saying, I can't put my body on the line to keep this club up. By making a tackle like that, it was pathetic. And I still still think we're a better side with him in it because we, we just look better with the ball when he's when he's knocking it about like he does. But it's just unforgivable unforgivable to make a tackle like that. And, and it costing us a goal is just no surprise because every time he does it, it seems to. I mean, and then people obviously were saying about Ramsdale. I think that is pretty harsh to start saying, yeah, if you can't, if you can't catch it, you push it away. And yeah, it wasn't the most convincing pushing it away, I think. But it's it's just a sloppy goal. And it was Chops who said, well, if Ramsdale leaves it, Ampadu's behind him and he clears it. It's like, well, yeah, but if, if Ramsdale died out of the way of the shot in the first place, I think there'd be a few questions about what he was doing, regardless of what shout he's had from behind him. I can't, I can't, I don't think a keeper should ever believe in a ball. Do you know what I mean? You can't take that risk. You've, you've got to do your job as a keeper. It's to keep the ball out, surely. I think, I think he's the, told the us. Only thing, the only thing I'd say about the goal, if, and, and it's being hypercritical, and you know I've been Ramsdale's biggest sort of support, really, in, in this season. Yes, push it away if you can't catch it, but he pushed it out into the six-yard box, not away mm-hmm. from the six-yard box. Yeah. That would be the only thing I'd be critical about. But that's harsh in itself because it was a good save from... Robinson's shot and it was a fantastic save for the follow-up it's just the look that we seem to get at times Yeah, I'd like to throw some criticism back John Egan's way on that and I know we're picking we're picking on someone who's been pretty damn consistent for us prior to like we say he's, he's had his moments this season as, as they've broken he's organising you can see him shouting pointing organising people to pick who they're going to pick up and yet Ultimately, when Robinson cuts inside on Bash, Egan's marking nobody. Mm. And he's left, you know, we were left and we were exposed because they'd got more, they, obviously there was um, Phillips, and there was Diagna over as well. So they got two players over and Egan wasn't marking any of them. Ampadu's picking one of them up. And then Ampadu's then dropped back onto the line for, for the next block. You know, Egan then, he's organised, I think that's the fact, he's organising everybody but marking nobody. And that didn't help us. And I think what's interesting about that is obviously against Man United, where there was obviously a few 
chances, uh, future half chances for them. Not on the level of that, because they would have scored it first time with the attacking quality they've but where Jagielka was doing the barking of the orders, but also occasionally, I remember there was a challenge where he just like took it off Basham's feet because Basham was hesitating and just got it out and things like that. And maybe that's something Egan has to work on, but talking to defense, defenders before we get into the second half, I mean, Ampadu, have you, can you think of a player in such a short space of time who've gone from being like singled out and hounded as basically sending back? I mean, I even on here said he, the epitome of someone who doesn't look arsed to now being somebody week in and week out. He's playing, he's one of the top three performers. He's a seven and a half out of 10 and he gets better and better. Yeah, well, I was, I was going to sort of finger him, oh, not finger him, point him out, uh, <laughs> uh, point him out for a decent game uh, uh, yesterday because I thought, I thought, well, recent, like you say, recently, I think he's been playing really well. Um, he's good with the ball, steady. He seems to, I don't know, the physical battles, he's either not, he's not getting involved in them, he's being a bit cleverer, you know, he's, he's dropping, he's picking up looser balls, he's not trying to tussle, because he's not strong enough, is he, at the end of the day, to sort of battle, he's, he's, he's only played a handful of professional games, but um, yeah, the turnaround's pretty impressive, isn't it? And uh, I didn't know, until, well, I never, I've not thought ahead to Chelsea until he said Ampadu was out, so now, now I'm concerned, but yeah, um, he's, he's, he's done really well, hasn't he? He has done really well. I think he's got a position that suits him. I think he's not... I don't think he's a midfielder. As simple as that. I don't don't think he's that minded. He just looks like someone who wants to defend and he's good at it. Um, I don't think there's any coincidence in the fact that, apart from obviously Egan for Jagielka for that one game against Man United, we've had a settled back three for the last month or so and we won five out of seven games. There's no coincidence in that at all. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And obviously then, so we go in at half-time, as I touched on. I was raging. I was so, so deflated and downbeat about it because I genuinely thought, um, uh, well, that's that then. And I think I'd, I'd resigned myself a while ago that we were going down. But I, I think, obviously, the last month or so has made me think, well, it's not necessarily Amper, and I want us to be in the mix still for as long as possible. And I think last night was a must win, and ultimately we did. But we started second half, and instantly there was just a change in, in tempo. And obviously he introduced McBurney to add maybe physical element that had been, had been missing in the final third. And although he wasn't maybe as accomplished as we'd like, I would be shocked if it was anywhere near 100% fit, having been out with his shoulder for so long. And he went down again holding it, didn't he? I thought he was going off. I thought he, he, he did some, he did a lot of dirty, little dirty things and got stuck in some battles. And also there was, there was one where Basham played him an horrendous ball on the touchline and his legs like extended and he managed to keep it in. After Bash did that little run, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah he flicked over, like, when he flicked over, yeah. And then he played that awful pass. He, he like, Bash did all the hard stuff and then he was like, Ollie, get on this smash. Like, he'd be one of them on a Sunday morning going, for fuck's sake, give me half a chance. Maybe 10 years ago, mate, like sort of thing. But um, other than McBurney introduction, I think changed 
the the dynamic of the game massively. He was dropping in as he likes to, but so was McGoldrick, and that brought West Brom out a lot. And then we obviously got a goal because Bash basically did what we always ask players to do, is take responsibility. Take, take responsibility and, and, and just... I think with Bashes, I don't think, like we said before, he runs, you don't know what he's going to do and I don't think he does, but he, he saw the loose ball, latched onto it and just caused men because he must have drawn, what, three defenders to him in that melee anyway. So regardless of where that ball pops out, he's got three three West Brom defenders around him, not quite knowing what he's going to do with it, but then to be able to get it out of under his feet again. You know, that's all he can do in that situation. And we've got it, we've got it in a position in the box. It, it was a great finish as well, wasn't it? I mean, it popped out and it, it took, for him to, to get it, the amount of power he got behind it from sort of very little in the way of back lift, no keeper saves that. And Johnson just kind of watched it fly past, didn't he? Yeah. I'd say, I know you talk about McBurney being being the change and obviously McBurney was the, the physical change in the fact that he, he came onto the pitch for, for Norwood. But we, we resorted back to... Um, playing with McGoldrick as like a number ten, didn't we? Mm. Which like we've done previously with the Duffy play, Duffy playing in that role, and I thought it it brought the best out in Flex. I thought Flex was absolutely superb second half. I didn't think he was bad first half, but mm. second half yesterday he just drove the game forward. I thought it made uh, a difference with uh, John Lundstrom looked better second half as well. But it, it all came from Wilder says quite a lot. We can't go toe to toe with these teams. I'm sorry, but I think from now until the end of the season, we have to, because we look a better side when we do. We just look more dangerous. I was talking to a pal last night after the game about Norwood and his future, and I said, I think he has to play. So against Chelsea, you need him in the team because you need, and at the moment, the lack of options elsewhere. You need him in the team because when you get the ball, to an extent, he can look after it. Uh, and also, we can't go smashing into Chelsea's midfield because we'll just end up in a right right predicament. But I think in games that we have to win, with Goldrick in that 10, with McBurney and Sharp or McBurney and Burke or Burke and Sharp or Brewster and McBurk, whoever it is, needs to be the way we move forward. Because if we don't, if we, if we don't impose ourselves, Phil, like you say, I just think we can get lost because for all the okay play we saw first half, the only real chance that they got was one that we gifted them and they scored it. And while they're saying about going toe-to-toe, we can't. Well, actually, it's more than going toe-for-toe. It's when you come out fighting and swinging, you can often knock someone over. Like it's... And and I think we need to, that needs to be the approach. I'm not suggesting gung-ho, but we need to put it on teams. I think it'd be interesting, a prime game to have a go at doing that. It'd be the, not the next two, but when we play West Ham away, rather than going there and trying to nick one, actually taking the game to them, it'd be really interesting measure of actually how much have we underperformed and what we're actually capable of. Uh, that that was my my take on it. Chelsea, at, Chelsea albeit um, it's Chelsea at home. It's perhaps not the match to do it, but West Ham and Fulham is the time for McGoldrick to play behind and play a front two. And because they're the matches, they're the winnable games. You know, I think we've got to be careful. We're, we're gonna, I think we'll compete in the in some of the games. You got the Chelsea, Liverpool, 
you know, obviously coming up either side of those uh, in the cup game. But to me, it's about a little bit of containment there, but really take it to the teams where we, we should be, you know, not worrying about going toe-to-toe with them. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if people, I don't know if either of you think, or any of you think we should employ that against Chelsea or Liverpool. I just worry that we'd get a bit too exposed. Well, yeah, that's why I mean about Norwood and be and and you've almost you have the blueprint of the game plan we had against Man City and Man United that you can use in when you generally worried that it could become a cricket score. But I'm not saying everyone's as poor as West Brom, but I think there is a middle ground. And I want I, it, we're going to play a lot of teams where we've had like this infamous discussion of like losing a lot of games one nil, which I can't wait. I'll never have to hear again. Fortunately, next season, I'll say, oh, last season they were a good team, but they only lost a cup, quite a lot of games 1 0. But, you know, your West Ham's, your Leeds, teams like <coughs> the reverse fixture, fixture of, we need to look at those and say, well, actually, if we've got a bit more confidence, can we can we land a fist or two more on these and go for it a bit more, like Phil says? Because I think that is the way to, to get towards. 30 plus points and put your, put your hat in the ring for staying in the league in, in terms of individuals then we've mentioned Bash I mentioned McBurney um, was there anyone Phil for you you said Fleck anyone else that you feel is really worthy of a mention of in that game being superb second half or indeed anyone you want to say yeah, do you know what I think and I, I, I've been as critical as anybody as Max as, as Max Lowe and especially when he first came on the pitch yesterday, his first three things he did, he gave the ball away. First three times he had the ball, he passed it to them. But the second half, he actually played really well. I was quite impressed with him. Um, and, and I think it helps the fact that we looked better as a side and we looked in, we looked dangerous. But there was two or three times he, he got the ball down, got past his man, burst forward, and he looked like what we want from that kind of player. And it's the first time I've seen that. Who did he upset at the free kick at the end? He was having a right handbags with someone, Remy, wasn't he? Who was it? I didn't spot that one. Uh, what, right at the end when Johnston went up? Just before that, like, Max, there was a, it slowed down because Lowe was arguing with somebody and it was a problem. He's got far too nice a face to be arguing with anyone, hasn't he? He's a good-looking fella. Say, he's he he's rivaling George, him, isn't he? Hey? He, <laughs> gets, he gets, he gets, um, he gets ID'd, I think it's fair to say. He, yeah. <laughs> He's, he, I can't grow facial hair. Sat here with three men with good beards, and mine <laughs> be pathetic. But like he's, yeah. Um, but I think Mark, that, I think that, I, I agree with Phil though. I think uh, fair play to him. I think he did well yesterday. It probably helps having an on-form fleck, sort of probably telling you where to go and what to do. Uh, but there was that point in the second half, weren't there? Where he, he made he, he sort of made the run initially, got tackled, it came out, and then fleck carried on that run, bombed it, came back out, and then knocking it between themselves. So. Yeah, uh, he's not long-term, though, let's be frank. No. I think what's interesting, you touched on there about it helps having an on-form flag. I'm quite excited about, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, having a fit ender coming into the side with Fleck playing well. Uh, I think that... Okay. Now we've got John Fleck and not Jimmy Fleck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that, that Twitter account is genius. Uh, I particularly enjoyed... Uh, the insight that the club gave us to the uh, to what it looks like when you're a Premier League footballer and you have your COVID ID that you have scanned when you go in. Looks <laughs> completely and utterly gormless on his, doesn't it? Like, um, like completely 
But uh, did a really weird face for listeners there. I, I tell you what, we, we laugh about that with uh, Jimmy Flegg. Wilder's back, isn't he? Not just yeah. on the touchline, but he's making little quips like that. Is one last night, which I think will be one of those fol- folklore things. Trust your pals and see where it takes you. Uh, I just think he's he's got that spark about him again, and it's really nice to see. I think yeah, I, I think it might be a case as well that he's resigned. Yeah, toys have maybe gone out of pram a bit about January recruitment, and maybe promises haven't been kept and stuff. But now he's probably thinking actually. In all this, I've lost sight of what's important to me, and it's getting wins with this football club. And you can, and every like taking the piss out of Fleck and then putting, but it'll be interesting who does the media this week because we've had Ramsdale come out before the Man City game, or was it before the Man United game, do a press conference, sounded really super confident. And uh, it was before the Man United game because we went running and discussed it on Tuesday, Phil. And uh, he, uh, he, he, he had a brilliant game, and then Fleck comes out and, and, and had a fantastic game I mean should we, we want him to come out someone like McBurney and then he gets an actual I was going to say yeah we'll have thing. McBurney or, or Ryan Brewster since I'm having a fiver on him to score a goal every game Let's <laughs> <have> it... <laughs> I, I don't think McBurney's going in front of press until he's had some execution <laughs> lessons to be fair <laughs> I'll be honest it's with Saturday whoever's coming in for Ampadu <laughs> Jack Robinson, probably. Uh, and you talk about um, Aaron Ramsdale then. W- what a save that was. All right, it probably wouldn't have been given, but my God, that's some stop. It's, it's, just, a, it's just another tick in the, okay, not started so well, but let's not just give up on him yet, isn't it? Because I think some people had, and that, to, to, to be fair, I'd, he upsets me a lot or has done this season but that has been a, he, the last couple of games and you said Phil about the Man U game he, some really good saves against City at the weekend and then last that last night that is that's up there with it's not the same but it's it's like the react it's almost behind him isn't it and we always see that goal non-goal of Pesky Toledo against Seaman at Old Trafford and that like as a goalkeeper is just ridiculous that's coming at him at pace it's the strong arm isn't it it's the, it's the strong arm it's alright putting your arm there but you still have to have it strong enough to repel the ball aren't you and like you say it's come across uh, but happy birthday Callum Robinson yeah have that one too yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I mean was, the thing is with Callum Robinson I mean no arm to him but was he probably just too nice and that's why he ended up leaving too he, nice he, he's nice and thick isn't he Nasty. He just seemed a really nice guy. It was Robinson who said that the cleverest person he'd ever met were Ben Osborne. So he wants yeah, it was. To read books. Uh, yeah. Right, okay, Callum. But talking about Robinson, I think uh, I think we got the better of that deal. The Burke, we, I mean, we got cash as well, didn't we? Cash and Burke. Talking about Ollie Burke here, Remy. Remember you're taking Dan's place. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, yeah I'll, talk, <laughs> I'll talk positively about him. But... Um, it's no doubt we've got the better deal. I don't think uh, Robinson would offer us anything really. Um, and, and talking about Burke, that touch on the halfway line. That touch. Wild. Absolutely oh. wild. What has he pulled that from? I mean, he's obviously a listener because he's he's then gone home and got out his damn voodoo, <laughs> put a couple of pins in it and say, get on that. <laughs> But in all seriousness, like it, that touch was unbelievable. And what was so nice about that 
is the first that sub generally was the first time this season it was like oh Burke's coming on that's brilliant because that was and and you could act, rather that we were in a game and that you felt like the sub that was being made not only was the right one but it could influence the game like if they pile on and we break he could score but also it gives them they have they can't commit maybe like for the full last 10 minutes because they know he's there and what he can do with his pace there was a great clip, like it was about 10 seconds to go and Sammy Lee was squinting at his watch after we got that like free kick right near the end. That was one of my highlights of the game. Sammy Lee, Christ. But Berkey's, Burke will divide opinion forever whilst he plays for United, but it was it felt good to bring him on. Felt really sorry for Brewster when he was all stripped off and it was almost there. I think some... I think Something it, on that though, it, 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 there was a nice bit because actually... Wilder's got him, then Wilder's kind of celebrated, then tapped him as if to say, no. but Brewster did a little fist pump, as, you know, in delight at United scoring. And that, I, it wasn't a big gesture, it wasn't a big demonstration, but there was something there that was kind of like, yes, get in. Well, and and I thought that that pleased me because that shows he's part of a team and part of a squad. It isn't just about him getting on the pitch. When I was, you know, he's acknowledging United. Well, when I was conducting my social media research ahead of his signing, Ian. I'd watch the uh, I'd watch the charity shield. We're better off as a Liverpool fan, and um, Brewster missed a pen, didn't he? And in that, he he, he tweeted yeah. something like, "Thanks for the words of support. Sorry to miss the pen. Absolutely gutted, but I'm just trusting the process." And I just think we've probably we've not only got a potentially very good player there, he's clearly got a decent head on his shoulders, and to even get into the sort of perimeters of Liverpool's first team you have to be a, a good player but you also think of how many other people are vying to do that and Brewster had been in match day squads and has had Premier League minutes for Liverpool so when his time comes I'm expecting as Dan said this last week when he gets one I expect him to get an absolute hat fill and that's why you're having a five every week Phil I'm just waiting for this moment where he uh, sharp hands over the baton to him like you were going to do a musical compared by Gary, Sincla- Gary Sinclair is going to put all the music together for it uh, it's going to have all that Maggie May soundtrack singers, uh, Gary Meg Sinners uh, Sheer Car no that's Jungle Book uh, but anyway it'll be, it'll- Scar Gary Megson Scar <laughs> Gary Megson and Scott. They said my Utamon and Pumba. Um, uh, we'll get to that. I was looking. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's another pod. I was looking shippily. <laughs> anyway. Got dark. All right. Um, yeah, well, it was a great win anyway. So, and on uh, them, you can go first since you're the guest. Man on man and match for last night. Oh. Oliver Norwood. <laughs> um, no, really. Uh, by the way, I love Oliver Norwood, but uh, yeah. Um, I probably, you might not agree, but I just love him and I love everything. I just feel he's the epitome of us at the moment. Uh, and I think I'm going to go Billy Sharp just because he scored, he scored that goal. And we struggled to score goals like that. There's no other player in the team that will score goals like that. And just to see the joy... In fact, he's Mr. Sheffield United, isn't it? And the fact that he's getting a bit of a run and he's probably a preferred striker, it's nice to see, isn't it? So I'm giving Billy Sharp. Man at match. 
think Billy being singled out for praise is probably long overdue. And I mean, they're all at it. All the players that we slagged off on here a few weeks ago told the place in a doing bits and long may that continue I mean we've got to wait till Ender comes back in that's why I get my comeuppance and he scores an hat trick in his first game but I agree no one else at the moment scores that goal or has scored that goal and what I was terrified about the chat we've not touched on quite very quickly the challenge Egan puts in in a different game might have got blown up for foul I was like like yeah Bartley were moaning about it but it's, it's, it was a good fair challenge but I just thought you know I was like it's not going to get disallowed is it In, I think Billy's a great shout and I think if you think back to before lockdown we had a bit of a dodgy spell coming out of Christmas and we weren't scoring many goals and Sharp had come back into the team then and was playing with McBurney and he was scoring goals last season and it's it's almost like January is his time to shine. Yeah, he's turned into John Fleck, hasn't he? I mean, our whole team don't start playing well January, which is a bit of a problem, isn't it? It is a problem, but if they carry on playing like they have been, we've got every chance. Absolutely. It's better It's better to, to come good in January and the season kicks off later in September. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Ian, yeah. What, who you, who you got? who you got, mate? I've, I had a choice of two. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with Ampadu. And I'll go with Ampadu because I thought consistently through the 90 minutes, he did his defensive job very well. He broke up play. Like I think Remy made the point earlier, sometimes he's not going into the physical tackles, actually just reading the game and intercepting and breaking up play with his, with a brain rather than brawn. Um, okay. And brought the ball forward better. Not, we just look a better side down that left, you know, with him, with him in it. And I think you touched on earlier, you know, Max Lowe settled in. I think, yeah, Fleck played a part in that. I think having Ampadu settled and playing consistently now for several games, well, in that defensive role behind, well, adjacent to him, behind him, it plays a part in that. So I, I, I had two in mind. I put two on Twitter last night who I picked out in particular, but I'll, I'll go with Ampadu for this. Can't argue with, can't argue with that at all. We, we covered Ampadu in quite a bit of detail earlier. What I would say on him is... Uh, there was one thing where he basically got a bit of a rush of blood to Ed and we went charging into their half and he did one or two. He, ch- he took on one too many and then Fleck had to bail him out with a frothing. That was, that was top notch by Fleck though, wasn't it? Because that's the sort of thing we weren't doing at one point. And it was but, great to just, just just wrestle him down, just take him out, take that yellow. Because that could do as well. Half a dozen times this season with a conceded yeah. left goals. Was it, was it the lad Gallagher who was running through? Yeah, yeah. And, and Ampadu even tried having a snap at him and he, he bounced off and then Flex like thou shall not pass bang and I think he, like, Ampadu went like that and he's like don't worry about it almost sort of like that's what I do it was like that it was like the McGoldrick challenge on the left up on the left on was it on the fullback and you fullback and, it, and, and he wasn't trying to knock it he wasn't trying to knock it past him and run it, yeah. Have that son. We don't see that side to McGoldrick that often either, do we? That sort of like yeah. aggressive um, thing. But Phil, who's yours? I, I could have had a couple as well. Um, I mentioned Fleck earlier, but I'm, I'm going to go for as United tweeted, I think it was this morning, Christopher Paul Basham, the Bauer. <laughs> Outstanding last night. He was just brilliant. <laughs> I can't it's, say much more. Well, I, I think Dion Dublin 
on Match of the Day last night referred to him as like Lothar Mateus. <laughs> not even, not even back around. Lothar Mateus. Look, a player that's now been likened to Lothar Mateus and Franz Beckenbauer. Uh, just, uh, do you know what? He was the one that I picked for the player that we need to think about replacing. And, and we've said it for since before Nigel Adkins was here. It's, he doesn't, he just. He'll have a, a bad, shaky period for a couple of games, and he just comes back with a vengeance every single time. He's he very, very rarely lets us down. And and yeah, you're right, Rem, that Billy Sharp was Mr. Sheffield United, but Chris Basham's not far behind him. Absolutely. He's everything. He's everything that's been good about this last five years. I, I still find it amazing we say that when you think back to when yeah. we signed him, where we were, and. He was playing, you know, midfield and just looking lost. What I find interesting about Basham is I think he, on the whole, has always been appreciated uh, under Wilder in all the seasons. I think it's like almost quite hilarious that he's taken the get into the Premier League and him not playing that differently to he always has. Uh, you know, there's always the footage of when he did the thing again, the original sort of like roll on the ball turn thing against Spurs but he's talking about the Premier League to like gets that universal recognition amongst fans he's not someone who has a song he's not if you look around kids, we, we, we tried to make one up at Blackburn John oh uh, we've tried a lot of things we tried didn't we was that oh that was the David Bowie one wasn't it we were trying to, we were trying to get it to fashion yeah, it's a good. I think it's not long to be honest, but that's a story for another day. But it's, it's weird that a player like Basham takes getting in the Premier League to get that recognition. You wouldn't see his name on back of kids shirts and stuff now. Still, they'd still, but they'd still be like sharps and people like that. But it just he is like you say, Mister Sheffield United, and it's the nominations here of Ian's gone different, but two of them being Sharp and Basham is quite telling. And I think it'd be unfair for me to not round it off with, uh, to also, to even the balance at one of the young players. And for the save alone, uh, I'm going to have to say Ramsdale, because it's just, he's just unbelievable. And I've been pretty critical of him. So I feel like I owe him one. Uh, and it just so happens he's been used in a associate business of the pods, uh, training service recently and as a result his form's had an upturn so uh, big big shout out to the guys at Listening Kicks for cleaning up Ramsdale's trainers but also um, cleaning up his performances which is the cheesiest thing <laughs> um, Chelsea Sunday don't get any easier does it boys Remy what are you thinking <laughs> Um, I was I was I was quietly confident, if I'm honest, until I heard until you remind me Ampadu was out, and now I'm concerned because I can't see. Because for me, um, obviously, left wing backs a concern going in into the weekend. Um, but in my head, I was thinking Keen Bryan after what he did at Man U. I was thinking Chuck Keen Bryan there, but probably going to need him at left centre half now, aren't we? So the thought of Keane Bryan and Max Lowe. <laughs> Max Lowe against Chelsea uh, fills with me fear. Yeah, especially with this... Wilder, Wilder was... Please. I was going to say, Wilder, Wilder was hinting Osborne and uh, Stevens might be back, I think. Or, or could be available. Well, I mean, if, if Osborne, Osborne's fit, he's going to play... Um, well, same goes with Stevens, hasn't it? You've got to play yeah. the two of them. It, you'd, I'd, I'd be... 
a lot happier if that was the case, uh, particularly with Hudson Adoy's been playing right wing back and been absolutely frightening for two games. So, the arguably the most informed player. Um, but what I think, rather than worrying too much about them, I think we've got to remember that when we play, we played them not a million years ago at Bramall Lane, and um, we batted them three uh, nil. And I do feel if we get that Chelsea side and we have got a bit of the arsenal about them with the soft underbelly, that if you get into them, you can cause trouble. Now, he's gone back to a midfield with, like, Jorginho and Kovacic and Kante in. But rather than worrying about them, I think we just have to, like Phil says, maybe not go fully toe-to-toe, but not be afraid to put, put something on them because I think there's goals in it for us. I think there's goals in it for us against anyone if we believe it enough. And uh, if he's fit, I'd love to see... I think I don't think it's the game for Sharp on Sunday. No. I'd rather Sharp was on the pitch against Bristol, gets us through to the FA Cup quarter-final, and then he's in form for the West Ham Fulham games. But I think I think I think it's I think it's a big task. Ian, what do you think? I, in terms of Sharp or score, or just I mean, just I think, general music. I think generally, I, I think I would I would probably try. Burke and McBurney if we can up front just go a bit physical try and get the ball up there play off play off McBurney winning some aerial um, I don't know you see I don't know if I'll play McGoldrick as good as McGoldrick is and knitting that play together I just don't know if that will is what we need on on Sunday um, use them use them in the cup right. game yeah. I think you're definitely right and, 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 and that's to me that's the way we get something out of Sunday's game um, I hope like, I think I agree with Remy I, I hope we, we've got a bit more balance down that left and a bit more quality back into the squad down that left because um, we, we you know we could get exposed there but equally you know having Bogle playing how he is down the right we've we just got to try and still try and impose ourselves on them you know, because they they didn't like it last season. They didn't like they don't like it up and Mister Manry. But you know, take it take it back to Stamford Bridge. You know, we gifted them two goals, but really got stuck into them, and they and they were rattled. I, I couldn't agree more. I I think we that was Lampard, not not Mister Charismatic Tuchel. But like, I don't know. I think what I do fear what I do fear about Chelsea is. In Havertz and Werner, they've got two sleeping giants of Premier League quality footballers who, when they actually click, are going to be frightening. Let's just hope it doesn't happen on Sunday. What will play into our advantage is they've got a very, very difficult game tomorrow night away, away at Spurs. Um, so hopefully that that is a test. But have you watched Spurs against Brighton to win, win that 10-0? That was a pathetic performance on Sunday by Spurs, but I think I think there, there is something in the game for us. But we have to stay in the game for as long as possible. So if you remember back to when playing at Stamford Bridge this season, I think we went we went one 0 up, but then we were two two one down in no time at all, weren't we? Yeah. We stopped playing. We we started yeah. really well and then just stopped playing. It was really weird. And I guess you could attribute that down to they started playing, but. I think we've just I think we've just got to believe in ourselves. What is it? Five at last six we've won. Five out of seven. Yeah, five out. It's five yeah. out of seven. It, we've just got to take that forward, haven't we? I mean, you talk about sleeping giant giants in Werner and Havertz, but 
we've, we've played recently, we've just beat a team with Fernandez and Pogba and Rashford, who are who were on form, yeah, prior to playing us. So we just we just gotta keep doing what we do. We just hope we've got the personnel to play. Uh, I know that Norwood gives his head a wobble because like you said earlier, we're a better team with him in there. He just needs to just cut those mistakes out because he could he could be pivotal again. So I just don't, you know, we we just gotta take our belief forward, I think. There's, there's a lot of bullets. There's a lot of belief coming out, isn't there, as well, in the players on social media. Like you said, Wilder's mood, it suggests there's a there's a mood within the camp that there's something we can do here and we could create history. We might not, but there's a, certainly a, seems to be a belief there that we, we could. I mean, it's, it's one of those. What's so funny is I don't think under any other manager in any other period of support in uh, this club would fans think that there was any chance and I just think it's because this set of players we did it on here uh, fans do it all the time we've written off a few times fans will write players off on social media but they've time and time again this set of players have proved us wrong and I think I don't expect anything from the game on Sunday but if we were to get a point or a win wow it is 100% game on it really, really is. And and you just don't know. And if you're being sensible, you'd say we've got no chance of staying up. But if you're actually a football fan and you actually love the romance of it all, like we all do, and the sort of the drama, but in part of the drama, like the ridiculousness of it when you're on the wrong side of it and the, the positive, uh, positive side of it, it's it's just it's it's setting up to be a fascinating three months to be a Blades fan. I think I think it could be really really interesting if we manage to get some points in the next few games. Yeah, you've only you've only got to look at it. I mean, look at the pundits. We're we're bottom of the league. We're still below Fulham. We're still below West Brom. No one's talking about Fulham or West Brom getting out of this. But you mentioned our name, and a few people are like, mm, yeah. I mean, Ian Wright's our biggest fan, isn't it? You know, thinks we're going to stay up. So I think you've just got to look at it. Even I think even prior to us winning last night, you know, because that was prior to us winning last night, people were saying, oh, they're getting a bit of form. They know we're a good side. It's, it's as simple as that. It's just a shame. It's a shame we didn't hold it Brighton because that would be, what, it'd be a seven-point seven, seven point gap rather than a ten-point gap. And I'd be I'd believe that. I just I just worry that Brighton and Burnley are just going to pick too many points up. I think, I, think we'll, I, think, I think we'll get high 30s. Whether it keeps us up or not, we'll see. Well, I hope you're right, and I think it's it's going to be interesting how where they come from. Um, but at the same time, we do have what I'd call a favourable running compared to probably some other teams. So we'll see. Phil, Sunday prediction. I think a bit draw, one-one. Ian, I'll say the same actually. And then it's rare we all we agree on a score. Any, I, I think we can get something. Remy, I was going one-one. Um, you still can. No, no, I'm going to go Chelsea three-one. After after all that positivity, positivity that I just spewed, <laughs> I think we, I think we'll just write that one off and win the rest of them. Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go three, with the uh, uncertainty on the left-hand side, and then we're going to go three-one Chelsea. But uh, let's hope I'm wrong. I think I think we lose the I think we'll lose the game. Unfortunately, on Sunday, I just think it might be with everything that's been given in the last couple of games. Um, 
a step too far. However, I really do hope that it, that we get what what I hope we do is get through the game untouched, and we're in a position to play a strong side against Bristol in the week next week, and then it's almost just a reset before West Ham's a difficult game, Fulham's a, a ridiculously big game, Liverpool's an impossible task, but you just never know because they like to drop in a dodgy one um, occasionally, but. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting times. And if you'd asked me a month ago, we'd be excited about what's happening with United at the start of February. I would have said no, because we'll probably be down. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I would, I'm looking forward to it, apart from the fact it's a quarter past seven on Sunday night. Another shit time to watch football. Well, when you remember when you were younger and you'd hear bloody... You'd hear Emmerdale, uh, heartbeat music on a Sunday night. You knew the weekend were over. Uh, and and uh, it's just it's just a dark time, like antiques roadshow music creeping up to your bedroom. Like, oh, I'll have to get it bath soon. I've got school in the morning. But like, it's it's just, it, it's just not quarter past seven. I mean, come on. We've got two of those as well, because Liverpool's been moved to that as well, aren't it? No, no beer. They're used to playing at these silly times. And it's... I've enjoyed. I think we've probably been spoiled the last couple of weeks having the games on a Saturday. Two, three o'clock Saturdays on the spin and I prefer that or a game that I thought we're going to lose. I, I prefer it to be like Saturday lunchtime and then it's out of way and it doesn't dominate your weekend. But I suppose it's just building all up to that. But shouldn't let it um, shouldn't let it spoil his enjoyment too much. But few, one thing I wanted to mention uh, before we came on, on air... Is Kieran Freeman signs to Swindon Town? Kieran Freeman then becomes a Swansea player, boys. What do we think of that one, Ian? I don't know what to make of that one. It makes you wonder why Swansea didn't come in from in the first place, or whether things have changed there and they, they, they realise it's maybe what they need to see him through. Because I don't think he's, he hasn't has he played more he's than played that. twice for Swindon. Nice. Yeah, games. twice. Whether yeah, whether it's to pr- he's proved he's fit and they think he's worth a gamble now, and we'll 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 take a chance on that. I, d- I don't know if some, like I said, I don't know if Swansea's circumstances have changed in that. You know, in terms of injuries and things, and that that suddenly makes sense to them. But I th- I don't know if we have ever touched on when he left, but it's probably worth saying that someone you know one of us saying a few words about Freeman's contribution at Lane as well, because I think we, he's kind of he kind of departed last season without really much of a fanfare, did he? With the way the season petered out and everything else uh, I think, yeah I, I think after maybe Glenn Hodges he's probably the greatest Welshman to ever play for Sheffield United in terms of his contribution I know like these people like Gary Speed in that bracket but in terms of actually contributing to successes at, at United Freeman's contribution in that promotion season uh, the fact that when he came in under Clough he was he was shoved at left wing back but consistently did a job uh, he in one of the in the in that like poor actually under Atkins he was out on loan at Portsmouth I think yeah yeah in yeah. a lot of poor in, in a lot of the like poor the poor poor days in League One I don't think you were ever a player that we thought had down tools and even going into definitely going into that second season in the um, in the Championship when Baldock had almost claimed the shirts I think Freeman had been injured. Uh, the year before, there was almost a sort of still a discussion: Do you play Freeman or do you play Baldock? And um, 
He never did. He ever really have a stinker for United Freeman? No, really. Not really. Steady, steady. All it was time. always always a minimum six out of ten, wasn't it? So we, we signed three players. The day we signed Kieran Freeman, we signed three players, he, him obviously being one of them. Do you know who the other two were? John Brayford. Yeah. Who would have thought he'd be the last one standing out of them three when we signed them? I know. I'm expecting the Brayford statue to be <laughs> to be unveiled in the car park. Isn't he's not that just, what? He's not just any right back. He's our right back. Was that, was it, what was it, was that what it? Not, was any, it? not just any right back. He's John Brayford. Is, oh, is that what it was? I've got that T-shirt because the Wednesday fan got it with secrets. Santa taking the piss and it's the worst thing they've ever seen. That's worth it. not far. Can I, I'll hold my hand up. I don't. I think I got it free when I bought a shirt in the club shop or something in the club shop before we went to um, Cardiff for the Wolves game. And it's a picture of Michael Brown on a T-shirt in a very badly quality, bad-fitting T-shirt. And it says, follow the Lord to Cardiff. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a special place for Crap Blades merchandise. And I think we've touched on it on the pod before when I talked about... The it's fact- the club shop, isn't it? But they used to do, uh, they used to do, didn't they? They used to do full blown catalogue shoots of like all the retail staff in like a sweater shop style top that said SUFC laying on the seats at the back of the cop and stuff. And, you know, maybe one of the girls from the ticket office in the bikini with a beach towel for the dads at the turnstiles. Like, you won't get, a, you wouldn't, it's not that you won't get away with it, it just wouldn't happen these days. But, like, I'm sure they'll be in with my program somewhere, some of those ridiculous old magazines. But yeah, Kieran Freeman was was a absolute like you say, six out of ten and a mod a modern day legend, really. Not on the maybe the levels of Sharp and, and Basham and but I wish him all the best to look at Swansea. I also think it's quite rich that they described him as Welsh International. Uh, with his Kieran Freeman, no that it's a good move. Yeah, it is a really good movie. Could be ended I mean, up in the Premier League. Flying. They've got two ex United right backs now, aren't they? Him and Kyle Norton. Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah. yeah Kieran, one thing to remember about Kieran Freeman is he single handedly stopped there ever being a um, display on the town hall balcony ever again. <laughs> good point. <Get> down. <laughs> nah. Nah. Got <laughs> up in the corner and he had he had some horrendous, he would have had some horrendous trainers on. They were like almost like platform shoes that I'm sure weren't too underfoot, and he could have could have fell to his death. Uh, absolutely, absolutely brilliant servant for United, and I've just got his Wikipedia up here. He came, he first came in on loan in 2014. So, so like best part of six, seven years. He came in on loan twice, didn't he? And then. Yeah, so, so remember he went to Mansfield. He came on loan to us. We wanted to sign him, and he went. I think he played non-league football in Mansfield for a bit before coming back to us. Really weird, bizarre. And then obviously, uh, Adkins didn't fancy him, um, and then he went to Portsmouth. Only played seven games at Portsmouth, and then he was on the tra- he was alongside Coops on the transfer list when Wilder took over because obviously they weren't contributing and then ironically arguably were the best two players in that side are the ones who were apart from Sharp are the ones that were already at the club so it's just very very weird how football works sometimes but yeah Kieran Freeman um, nice to think back to him but, uh, I'd ask where we're all watching the game on Sunday lads but I think we'll probably be at home um, and unfortunately with it being Sunday night 
not too many misdemeanours, but I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I'm sure all the listeners are. So we'll hopefully be back next week, um, maybe before or after the Bristol game. We'll have to see what happens with work. But in the absence of Dan Remy, thanks for coming on. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. It's always good to have a new guest on, boys, isn't it? And Remy, Remy's been a great guest, I'm sure listeners will agree. So, as always, only one more thing to say, the lads. Hold the blades. Hold the blades. Hold the blades. If you go into a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not put the pub on. I've changed the Murray, by the way, so if anybody wants to find me with that, right. Well, I'd say Peroni as well. <laughs>